Good morning. Welcome to Mary, Queen of Peace Parish, as we celebrate Palm Sunday. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. In the bulletin and on the website, you will find our Holy Week and Easter Mass schedule, an update on the proposed Parish Center project, and for anyone who would like to help, there is a schedule of when we will be decorating the churches for Easter. The diocese has lifted mask requirements for those attending and participating in mass. At Mary Queen of Peace Parish, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion will continue to wear masks when distributing communion. And out of love for one another, we will still maintain an area for those who wish to continue optional physical distancing. Assisting us today are our lectors, Nathan Wallish and Mary Pakatinskis. Our altar server is Paul Kuchta. I am your cantor, Mary Kay Bullback. Our organist is Stephen Steinbeiser. And our celebrants are Father Michael Stumpf and Deacon Frank Shemansky. As we enter into Holy Week, of course, we begin our Mass a bit differently with a gospel reclaiming or recalling the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem before we hear the passion of Luke proclaimed at the normal gospel time. This normal, or excuse me, this ritual beginning is supposed to be a ritual experience of the joy that the disciples shared with Christ Jesus as they were standing on the edge of the hill of Jerusalem ready to enter their great city. But we know, that, of course, that soon the crowd's shouts of joy also turned into shouts of condemnation in the Passion narrative. We also recall that processions at Mass are not just about functional movement. They're also supposed to be a symbolic of the journey of life, the journey with Christ in the Paschal mystery through his death to the resurrection. It's the journey of every disciple. I ask you to please stand as you were able and turn towards the main entrance of the church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Sisters and brothers, since the beginning of Lent until now, we have prepared our hearts, our lives, our relationships by our penance, by our works. Today we gather together to herald with the whole church the beginning of the great celebration of Holy Week, our Lord's Paschal Mystery. That is to say, his passion, death, and resurrection. It was accomplished in this mystery as he entered his own city of Jerusalem. Therefore, with faith and devotion, let us commemorate the Lord's entry into the city of salvation. Following in his footsteps, may we be made by his grace partakers in the cross that we will also share in his resurrection and his life and eternal life. 
I ask you to please raise your palm branches. Almighty, ever-living God, sanctify these branches with your blessing. We who follow Christ in exaltation, that we too may reach the eternal Jerusalem through him who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem. As he drew near to Bethage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. He said, go into the village opposite you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tethered on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone should ask you, why are you untying it? You will answer, the master, has need of it. So those who had been sent off went off and found everything just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying this colt? They answered, the master has need of it. So they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks over the colt, and helped Jesus to mount. As he rode along, the people were spreading their cloaks on the road. And now, as he was approaching the slope of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to praise God aloud with joy and for all the mighty deeds they had seen. They proclaimed, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, Rebuke your disciples. He said in reply, I tell you, if they keep silent, the stones will cry out. The Gospel of the Lord. Sisters and brothers, like the crowds who acclaimed Jesus in Jerusalem, we too celebrate and go forth in peace.
nation in chorus make reply. Gathering our prayers together, let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who as an example of humility for the human race to follow, caused our Savior to take flesh and to submit to the cross. Graciously grant that we may heed his lesson of patient suffering, so to merit a share in his resurrection. For he lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Let us be seated and attentive to the word of God. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I may know how to speak to the weary a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning, he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
divide my clothing among them. They cast lots for my robe. But you, O Lord, do not stay afar off. My strength, make haste to help me. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I will tell your name to my kin and praise you in the midst of the assembly. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness and found human in appearances. He humbled himself becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend of those in the heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Yeah. 
because of this that greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. When the hour came, Jesus took his place at the table with the apostles. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I shall not eat it again until there is fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup gave thanks and said, Take this and share it among yourselves, for I tell you that from this time on I shall not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took the bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which will be given for you. Do this in memory of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which will be shed for you. And yet behold, the hand of one who is to betray me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man indeed goes as has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to debate among themselves, who among them would do such a deed. Then an argument broke out among them about which of them should be regarded as the greatest. He said to them, The kings of the Gentile lord it over them, and those in authority over them are addressed as benefactors. But among you it shall not be so. Rather, let the greatest among you be as the youngest, and the leader as the servant. For who is greater, the one seated at table or the one who serves? Is it not the one seated at the table? I am among you as the one who serves. For is you, it is you who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer a kingdom on you, just as my Father has conferred one on me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to sift all who were like wheat. But I have prayed that your own faith may not fail, and once you have turned back, you must strengthen your brothers. Lord, I am prepared to go to prison and to die with you. I tell you, Peter, before the cock crows this day, you will deny me three times that you know me. When I sent you forth without money, bag, or sack, or sandals, you were in need of anything? No, nothing, they replied. He said to them, But now one who has money bag should take it, and likewise a sack, and one who does not have a sword shall sell his cloak and buy one. 
For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me, namely, he was accounted among the wicked, and indeed what is written about me is coming to fulfillment. Lord, look, there are two swords here. It is enough. Then going out, he went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not undergo the test. After withdrawing about a stone's throw from them and kneeling, he prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Still, not my will, but yours be done. And to strengthen him, an angel from heaven appeared to him. He was in such agony, and he prayed so fervently that his sweat became like drops of blood falling on the ground. When he rose from prayer and returned to his disciples, he found them sleeping from grief. He said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not undergo the test. While he was still speaking, a crowd approached, and in front was one of the twelve, a man named Judas. He went up to Jesus to kiss him. Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? His disciples realized what was about to happen, and they asked, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said in reply, Stop, no more of this. Then he touched the servant's ear and healed him. And Jesus said to the chief priests and temple guards, and elders who had come for him. Have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs? Day after day I was with you in the temple area, and you did not seize me. But this is your hour, the time for the power of darkness. After arresting him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter was following at a distance. They lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter sat down with them. When a maid saw him seated in the light, she looked intently at him and said, This man, too, was with him. He denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A short while later, someone else saw him and said, You, too, are one of them. Peter answered, My friend, I am not. About an hour later, still another insisted. Assuredly, this man too was with him, for he is also a Galilean. But Peter said, My friend, I do not know what you're talking about. Just as he was saying this, the cock crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. He went out and began to weep bitterly. The men who held Jesus in custody were ridiculing and and beating him. They blindfolded him and questioned him, saying, Prophesize, who is it that struck you? And they reviled him and saying many other things against him. When day came, the council of elders of the people met, both chief priests and scribes, and they brought him before their Sanhedrin. 
they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I question, you will not respond. But from this time on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Are you then the Son of God? You say that I am. What further need have we for testimony? We have heard it from his own mouth. Then the whole assembly of them arose and brought him before Pilate. They brought charges against him, saying, We found this man misleading our people. He opposes the payment of taxes to Caesar and maintains that he is the Christ, a king. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You say so. Pilate then addressed the chief priests and the crowds. I find this man not guilty. But they were adamant and said, He is inciting the people with his teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee, where he began even to hear. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean, and upon learning that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was in Jerusalem at that time. Herod was very glad to see Jesus. He had been wanting to see him for a long time, for he had heard about him and had been hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at length, but he gave him no answer. The chief priests and scribes, meanwhile, stood by accusing him harshly. Herod and his soldiers treated him contemptuously and mocked him, and after clothing him in resplendent garb, he sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate became friends that very day, even though they had been enemies formerly. Pilate then summoned the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought this man to me and accused him of inciting the people to revolt. I have conducted my investigation in your presence and have not found this man guilty of the charges you have brought against him. Nor did Herod, for he sent him back to us. No capital crime has been committed by him. Therefore, I will have him flogged and then release him. But all together they shouted out, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Now Barabbas had been imprisoned for a rebellion that had taken place in the city and for murder. Again, Pilate addressed them, still wishing to release Jesus, but they continued their shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate addressed them a third time, What evil has this man done? I have hit... Ha I found him of, guilty of no capital crime. Therefore, I will have him flogged and then release him. With loud shouts, however, they persisted in calling for his crucifixion, and their voices prevailed. The verdict of Pilate was that their demand should be granted. So he released the man who had been imprisoned for rebellion and murder, for whom they had asked, and he handed over Jesus to the, over to them to deal with as they wished. As they led him away, they took hold of a certain Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming in from the country, 
and after laying the cross on him, they made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd of people followed Jesus, included many women and children who mourned and lamented him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep instead for yourselves and for your children, for indeed, the days are coming when people will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. At that time, people will say to the mountains, Fall upon us, and to the hills, cover us. For if these things are done when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Now two others, both criminals, were led away with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him and the criminals there, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They divided his garments by casting lots. The people stood by and watched. The rulers, meanwhile, sneered at him and said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the king of Jews, save yourself. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation, and indeed we have been condemned justly. For the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes, but this man has done nothing criminal. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon because of an, of an eclipse of the sun. Then the veil of the temple was torn down the middle. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion who witnessed what had happened glorified God and said, This man was innocent beyond doubt. When all the people who had gathered for the spectacle saw what had happened, they returned home beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances stood at a distance, including the women who had followed him from Galilee and saw these events. Now there is a virtuous and righteous man named Joseph who, though he was a member of the council, had not consented to their plan of action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea and was awaiting the kingdom of God. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. After he had taken the body down, he wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid him in a rock-hewn tomb in which no one had yet been buried. 
It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come from Galilee with him followed behind, and when they had seen the tomb and the way in which his body was laid in it, they returned and prepared spices and perfumed oils. Then they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Every time I hear the passion proclaimed as we do here on Palm Sunday and Good Friday, not only am I stirred within me uh, with the suffering of the Christ, but what happens to me is I start to recall all of the experience of suffering that I have seen and experienced in the world around me and in myself over the past period of time or year. And so it's not just about the, the suffering of the Christ and the Christ's passion, but it's about our part of that passion as well. And so I think about and recall, of course, situations like the people of Ukraine. I think about the, the trauma that so many have experienced in their lives, uh, oppression, abuse, sinfulness, uh, the, the political struggles and tensions that we have felt so, so rawly over this last year, the, the difficulties and struggles of, of um, communities and, and violence and, and police and, and racial profiling and um, the, the unborn and, and, and struggling mothers. And, and I, again, I could just go on and on and on. And so as I hear the passion proclaimed, all of that passion, all of that struggle, all that suffering kind of comes together as I'm hearing those words uh, proclaimed. And of course, it was beautiful for me to be able to sit in the pew and just be part of that. So, so thank you. Or stand in the pew. Sorry. All, all, all during this Lenten season, I've been reflecting upon and encouraging us to reflect upon where we sit and where we stand. Sitting have to do with, of course, where we've created space in our lives to do our best to listen to the movements of God, God's love, God's mercy, prayer, entering into silence, entering into the belovedness of who we are, who we're called to be. And then, of course, where we stand, once again, has to do with what we stand for, how we act and choose to act in our world, the values we uphold, and of course, whom we stand with and who stands with us, who we're in solidarity with, who do we accompany. And so as we've been coming towards the end of the Lenten season and now hear the passion proclaimed, we are schooled in who Jesus is standing with. We've been hearing it all during the Lenten season and certainly as we've been hearing from Luke's gospel all during this year with whom Jesus stands. And of course we have been hearing over and over how Jesus stands with the sinner. Jesus stands with the, the oppressed. Jesus stands with the marginalized, the ill, the, the leper, the excluded. John, uh, Jesus stands with those who are poor and hungry. Jesus stands with all of those who are suffering mind, body, and spirit. And so we've been hearing that. And of course, as we hear Luke's gospel proclaimed in the Passion narrative, as he has been sharing this portrait 
of Jesus, which each of the gospel writers does, and emphasizes some particular aspects of who Jesus is in a particular way, we've been hearing how Luke has expressed Jesus as the one who is so merciful. And not only that, but has such deep compassion in his standing with all of those who are suffering. And as we hear the gospel proclaimed of the passion of Luke, there are some particular places that that is emphasized as well. Only in Luke's gospel that we just heard proclaimed are a few things that emphasize Jesus, not only his own suffering, but how he is, even in the midst of all of that pain and anguish, mind, body, spirit, and relationships that he is experiencing, he is still sharing in, with compassion in the strugglings and the sufferings of others. Only in Luke's gospel does Jesus heal the servant of the high priest who has a severed ear? Only in Luke's gospel do we hear Jesus say, forgive them, Lord, for they do not know what they are doing. Only in Luke's passion account do we have his encounter with the women of Jerusalem who are weeping, and he takes a moment to reach out to them and to comfort them and to say, you know, I understand this is a time of great struggle for all of us. Only in Luke's gospel, when Peter denies him three times, the Lord takes a moment and looks at Peter. Only in Luke's gospel is the story or the narrative of the two criminals that are crucified and the dialogue that they have, which ultimately leads to one of them saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Right? So those are just a few of the emphasis, the portrait that we've been hearing Luke express of how Jesus stands with us in our sufferings, in his great compassion, manifestation of the compassion of God, as he stands with all of those who are suffering and broken, he does it in a very unique portrayal within Luke's gospel. Jesus stands with us in suffering, and we stand with Jesus in suffering, and as his body of Christ, we stand with one another in Christ's suffering. I was listening to a uh, counselor, a Christian counselor, who is a counselor at uh, a place that hosts and houses families. And these families are families that have experienced great trauma these are families of those who are refugees who have experienced great trauma. And this counselor was sharing how, as he was talking about the, the passion of Jesus and his passion, self-giving life, death, and resurrection once among several families, there was a little girl who burst out and said, you say that Jesus suffered and died for me? Where was Jesus when my father was abusing my mother and beating her up? Where was Jesus when my father molested me 
over and over and over again. Where was Jesus? And the counselor said he doesn't know where it came from, but he said, I don't know why Jesus didn't prevent that, but I know Jesus was right there with you and your mother being abused, being beaten. Compassion of God. The God that doesn't always necessarily fix it or take it away, but the God who submits to death the God who submits in obedience to death even on a cross, says Philippians, entered into that humility and suffers with us. The word we use, compassion, if we break that word down in its Latin origin, calm means with, and patio means feeling or passion, it literally means to suffer with, <laughs> suffering with. And so often in our lives and our Christian journeys, we have a God that doesn't necessarily fix it or stop it, but we do have a God manifest us in Christ Jesus who has compassion and suffers with. And so you and I, who have this Lord, who stands with us, who is abused with us, who is killed with us, who is, uh, who is, who is broken in body with us, broken in mind and spirit with us, broken in relationships with us, broken in all of the sin and oppression of the world that is around us and through us, with us. This God who stands with and suffers with us is also what we do with one another. And I know you and I, as the body of Christ today, have experienced the Lord standing with us in suffering when someone we love stood with us when we lost a loved one or stands with us when we're experiencing sickness or illness or stands with us when we share an experience of trauma and they're able to walk with us and to hold us and to journey with us in that. And in so many other situations, we've experienced the Lord's love the Lord's compassion, the Lord's suffering with us through the body of Christ, through one another, through our connection to the Lord in prayer, in liturgy, and so many other places. The, we, this, this power of Holy Week and, and, and this Lord who, this God that, that has such compassion that doesn't always take it away, but is with us in it. And there's something about that with us, that suffering with, that standing with, that the Lord does for us and that we do with and for one another in the Lord that helps transform that suffering. Maybe not fully take it away, but transform that suffering because we know 
that the passion is not the end. That we know that this Holy Week ends in not only Holy Thursday, Good Friday, but the celebration of life and new life in Easter. Christ stands with us in compassion, suffering with. We stand with Christ and with one another in Christ with compassion, suffering with, so that the Lord's life and eternal life can be experienced. Together, let us please stand as we profess one faith and say, I believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead in the life of the world to come. Amen. We do know God's compassion, sharing in our joy and suffering. And so we bring these needs and petitions before a compassionate God. Our response this evening is be merciful, O Lord, for an increase in love, respect, and understanding between Christians and Jews. We pray. Be merciful, O Lord. For an end to the war in the Ukraine, and for all who suffer from the wounds of war all over the world, we pray. Be merciful, O Lord. For the safety of pilgrims in places of worship, we pray. Be merciful, O Lord. For an increase in peacemaking and encouragement for peacemakers, we pray. Be merciful, O Lord. For all those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers, we pray. Be merciful, O Lord. We go forth, that the church may be a living witness of Christ's love for the poor, we pray. Be merciful, O Lord. For all those who have died in our parish community, may they be welcomed into God's kingdom, we pray. Be merciful, O Lord. We remember today Rege and Ann Schnippert and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. Be, we pray. Be merciful, O Lord. 
and calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. Please join in our presentation hymn, O Sacred Head Surrounded, number 512, number 512. Stand with one another to offer our gifts and lives. Pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and all his holy church. 
Through the passion of your only begotten Son, O Lord, may our reconciliation with you be near at hand, so that though we do not merit it by our own deeds, yet by the sacrifice made once for all, may we feel already the profound effects of your mercy. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For though innocent, he suffered willingly for sinners and accepted unjust condemnation to save the guilty. His death has washed away our sin and his resurrection has purchased our justification. And so with all the angels we praise you as in joyful celebration we acclaim. Almighty Father, we bless through Jesus Christ, your Son, who comes in your name. He is the word that brings salvation, the hand you stretch out to sinners, the way by which your peace has been offered to us. When we had turned away from you on account of our sin, you brought us back to be reconciled, O Lord, so that converted at last to you, we might love one another through your Son, whom for our sake was handed over to death. Now celebrating the reconciliation Christ has brought us, we entreat you, sanctify these gifts by the outpouring of your spirit, that they may become the body and blood of your son at whose command we fulfill and celebrate these mysteries. About to give his life to set us free, he reclined at supper. He took bread, giving thanks, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, on that same evening, he took the chalice of blessing in his hands, 
confessing your mercy, he gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith when, when, when we this red and drink this up, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Celebrating, therefore, the memorial of the death and resurrection of your Son, who left us this pledge of his love, we offer what you have bestowed on us, the sacrifice of perfect reconciliation. Holy Father, we humbly beseech you to accept us together with your Son, and in the saving banquet, graciously endow us with his very Spirit, who takes away everything that estranges us from one another. May he make your church a sign of unity and an instrument of your peace among all peoples. May he keep us in communion with Francis, our Pope, David, our Bishop, the bishops and your entire people. Just as you've gathered us now at the table of your son, also bring us together with the glorious Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles and all the saints, with our sisters and brothers, those of every race and tongue who have died in your friendship. Bring us to share with them the unending banquet of unity and in a new heaven and a new earth where the fullness of your peace will shine forth in Christ Jesus our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from distress 
as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord, you said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other some sign of Christ's peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those who cannot be present here, we have an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I long for you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart as though you have already come. I embrace you and unite myself entirely to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Please join in our communion hymn number 782, Only This I Want, number 782. And to bear his cross. 
to bear his cross, so to Together, let us please stand and let us pray. Nourished with these sacred gifts, we humbly beseech you, O Lord, that just as through the death of your Son, you have brought us hope for what we believe, so by his resurrection, may you lead us to where you call, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Just a reminder to take a look at the bulletin as well as our website for the schedule for the Triduum, the celebration of the Holy Week services. Uh, these are the services, the celebrations, the, the masses that celebrate the fullest of the mystery of who Christ is and who we are as his followers. And it's good since we have two churches to take a look at where and what times and to participate as you're able. Bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. Look, we pray, O Lord, on this, us, your family, the family of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will not, be hesitate, we will not hesitate to be delivered. Excuse me, let me try this again. Look, we pray, Lord, on this, we, your family, for whom Jesus Christ, who did not hesitate to be delivered into the hands of the wicked and submit to the agony of the cross, Draw us closer to him, for he lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Mass is ended. Go in peace. Glorify the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
Jesus, re- 